Welcome to episode 26 of Trivial Arguments. Matt's back live from the bus to discuss the absolute shit show that was the 2022 White Sox. Where the team goes from here and why the Cubs are astronomically better set up for 2023. We'll also talk about other things at any given time. As always, we'll do some trivia and we'll probably get into some arguments. Without further ado, Matt, why do the White Sox suck so much? Well, let's get right into this argument part of it because when you astronomically set up for a better better than this year, or are you talking about better than the White Sox? Because these are two very different things. Um, I think both. But both. Okay. Um, I'm gonna need a little bit more information on that because that doesn't have any chance like it's not possible. Even if the White Sox have another year like this year where it's absolutely a dumpster fire. Well, what do you think went wrong? Do you think there was one specific thing that just like snowballed the whole season or do you think everything well, just fell any apart? Any listener to this podcast knows I'm not a Tony La Russa fan and I really think that that had an effect on the team. I'm not blaming this season solely on Tony La Russa, but I think a better manager could have righted the ship for sure. I think this team was dead in the water when he yelled at Yerman Mercedes. But wasn't a great thing. <laughs> Not a good look, but no. So I think that was a big, I don't know, a big part of this season for sure was the. It was going poorly, and there wasn't a correction. Like this whole year, it was just like, oh, well, the White Sox will get going, they'll get going, they'll get going. And then this small little run that they did have was once Tony La Russa went out. And it wasn't like a let's win one for the Gipper. Definitely wasn't that. It was just like, oh, there's a new voice. We're finally getting chewed out. And you um, think that's what it was? You think he was just like foot off the pedal, was just like, ah. Oh. I'm a thousand years old. I don't know why the hell I came back to do this. Like, no, I think he just wasn't motivated to try to get him out of it. Or I think he generally cares. I think what happened, I can't, I really can't speak to this. Obviously not in the club or anything like that, but what feels like it happened, what happened was that he made this correction to his managing style to fit today's player which is like a little bit soft, doesn't really take criticism well, those kind of things. And it felt like that was, there was an overcorrection because he never called out people for not running hard. In fact, when they didn't run hard, he's like, well, there's actually five people on the team who are instructed to not run hard. It's like, and then, I don't know. I just feel like Tony LaRusso was kind of known as like a hard ass. Yeah. a nonsense coach and that's just not what, what it was it was just like there was it felt like there was like very little accountability for what was happening um it's hard but, to be involved when you're sleeping in the dugout <laughs> and that's literally yeah there's the video of him like literally dozing off in the first inning like first inning that's a rough look. baseball's a long game i get that we're talking somewhere in like sixth and seventh inning like four minutes after the national anthem <laughs> yeah it's like he's yeah and he, Heart rate just slows down to like a like a hibernating frog kind of thing where you think he's dead and then somebody's got to jolt him awake. <laughs> Wasn't like a nice like fall day where you just get like warm in the dugout. This was like August. 
like early August. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that's like part of it, and it's like a frustrating thing as a Sox fan, of course, because you know, I just feel like any option could have been a better option, but it was what it was. And then yeah, now it's I think what we're ten games out of first, and I haven't watched a game since the Cleveland series where we needed to win and we didn't. And I was just like, well, the season's over. I think technically, aren't they still not mathematically eliminated? I don't I mean, I think realistically that. eliminated, but I think they're like one or two games away from being actually eliminated. I think they have less than like a 0.1% chance of making the playoffs, but <laughs> I haven't seen the like screen grab of like Chicago White Sox mathematically eliminated or whatever. So got that to look forward to, <laughs> which is always nice. But my thing is like, I mean, even if it was a manager issue, it seemed like the whole team, well, I guess, I mean, everything comes from the top, but it seemed like Tim Anderson had issues. Um, now they're talking about, I don't know why they have so many first basemen on the roster and they use them as outfielders. But And a lot of first base DH, a lot of first base DH. That's so, why there's a lot of reports that they'll let Abreu go. I don't know if he's a free agent or – whatever, but they were like, oh, well, well, they got to cut the cord with Abreu, and I was like, that would be the last person I would (laughs) cut. But Yeah, I I understand that part of it, like the, he's just blocking people at this point, but he's also still producing. Yeah. Like, he's still batting over 300. He doesn't hit the home runs like he used to, but nobody on the Sox hit home runs this year, so it's hard to say that was an Abreu thing. That's like, I... I would like it. I mean, I would if when the Sox don't make the playoffs, it is 0.1% chance that we do. But if they don't, you know, I, I want to see Tony LaRusso not come back for his last year. Like he still has a year on this three year contract and he's a thousand years old. I think and they then, already said he wasn't coming back. Was he not coming back for next year? I think so. I thought it was already reported. Dude, I only read the report as it was this year. I must have misread that. Um, let me see, Tony La Russa. I thought they said wasn't coming back next year. Let's see. Um, maybe uh, it says we'll end the relationship this season, and he won't come back next season. It oh says, my god! It says source, how I, but how did I miss that? But it doesn't who the source is. It from Nightingale? <laughs> Bob? No. <laughs> Nightingale has all the Tony La Russa White Sox information. Yeah, I mean, this was two days ago. Manager Tony La Russa and the Chicago White Sox will end their relationship this season, and he won't come back next season. But nobody oh, yeah. like officially has said it. Like, I'd wait for a tweet from Passan otherwise. Because <laughs> Nightingale just tweets nonsense constantly. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, if it doesn't come from Jeff Passan, he, he is the go-to guy. In if you had to guess who the... White Sox home run leader is who would you say this year? Mm-hmm. Shoot, oh, Gavin Sheets. Uh, Sheets has fifteen. 
He's tied with Abreu and Eloy with 15, but there's somebody who has 17. I'm listed on baseball reference as utility. It is Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn. I mean, I knew he had, he's having a career year. I, he's I got knew. 17 home runs and 73 RBIs. He leads the team in home runs and RBIs. So there you go. And he's tied so, for second in triples with one. <laughs> so there you go. And that's all from doing the the fill-in at whatever position we can put you at. Imagine if he was playing every day at a position. But that's the thing. Like, if him and a break... Second most played appearances, it looks like. So, Yeah, he was healthy all season, or generally all season. That I mean, that was a big issue. Was um, I mean, we only had Tim Anderson for 79 games. It's yeah. Robert for 98 games. We've only had Eloy for 78 games. Like, there's there's been some injuries and obviously it, it hasn't looked like it had because there it was like, it wasn't people out for the whole season. It's just been like the amount of times Luis Roberts been on the 10 day DL. It's been brutal. Do, do you look at Eloy as a permanent DH? Cause that's I, also taking up bats away from Vaughn. I mean, well, Vaughn is, is, yeah, I guess. I mean, the, I mean, in your mind, is a DH like somebody who, like, that's the only thing they do? Like, they don't play the outfield, they don't play first. Like, your DH right. is actual. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would like. I don't want to do DH by committee. We've tried that for years. I, I, I prefer the. This is our DH, but I don't mind like giving a guy a blow, but that's what we do now. It's like, well, Jose, you're DHing this game. And then we have like six first basemen who can fill in for you. So it's not that big a deal, but yeah, I think I would prefer to have the, you know, just like your everyday Jim Tillman style DH. And if that's your Edwin Encarnacion. <laughs> yeah. If that's a, if that's an alloy thing, great. But also like he's young and athletic, and if he can put in work and actually improve and not kill himself in the outfield, that's also an asset to have because he, he he's he's a pretty athletic guy actually. He's like a big guy, so people think he's like just lumbering around out there, but he's actually pretty athletic, and that's probably partially why he gets hurt because he is so big. And but like if they if he can play a serviceable left at some point, it would create a lot of space, and it would like. We could maybe do the Jose Abreu, but I mean Jose Abreu plays an amazing first base too. It's he's not right. like got uh, stone hands over there. He's, he's he's a great first baseman, and so if this is like so, if we could like keep Jose, it's just like the Andrew Vaughn is. So I could I could care less about Gavin Sheets. The only value Gavin Sheets has to me is that he is the only power left-handed bat we have in the lineup because Yasmani Grand. Grandal can't be counted on, and neither can Yohan Mankata for left-handed power. Yeah. So that's the value that Sheets has, and him playing right field over first base, I don't care. doesn't bother me. It's like Vaughn is the first baseman of the future. And it's kind of a tricky situation with that because it's – I don't know. It's, it's definitely – there is block by Abreu, but if Vaughn and Abreu have the same similar production and they're – are to they're producing it's like yeah do you upgrade the younger model but we don't have the kind of team that we can just let of somebody like 
like a, a leader who is still producing go. I don't think they have that. How much money do you think Rick Hahn's going to give Lurie uh, Garcia this offseason? Well, and do you think he saw Tony Larusa hit somebody with his car in order for him to be in the lineup every day? I was, I was gonna say it helps that Larusa's gone. <laughs> Tony, Tony would play this season or would go manage this season for free if it meant Larry could be on the team. I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah, I'm. He thinks he's like somebody's son, and he's like doing somebody a favor. <laughs> I was like, oh, I yeah. let your boy play. Who's boy? <laughs> Isn't that your son? <laughs> no. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what wouldn't surprise me is Tony Larusa had a an affair in the late eighties. That's his son. <laughs> and Larry Garcia is his son. That's probably what it is. Like that's my boy. That's why I wanted to come back. Want to give my boy some playing time. Like every time they're throwing the ball, he goes, "Good catch, son." What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Good throw, son. What? What, what did you say? Uh, nothing. You're you're batting lead off. <laughs> Let me see where this. Uh... You're looking I'm, up. Lurie, at the end. At, yeah, yeah. No, the no. I'm not getting what, that. Is it Antonio? I, just, just in case this is like a, a sensitive subject for Larry, I'm just gonna stay away from it, and we're just gonna joke that Tony Larusa is his his father. Poppy, correct. I'm looking how many at bats Larry is. Now the Larry thing did die down towards the end of the season. It was and had three hundred and fifteen, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth on the team in at bats. So more at bats than Eloy Engel. Well, the Eloy makes sense. Yeah. Played 70, 78 games. I mean, I think the joke itself is funnier than actually looking at the numbers, but yeah, I just want to see because it did die down. It was like if this was in the I if I could look up the stats for like the first half of the season, it, he probably would be like you know fourth. I don't know. Right. Above all these people. But yeah, it's uh the hole at second base is Something I hope they address. But there is this thing like, is Jerry Reinsdorf going to allow them to spend money? I mean, do you think this team is like three moves away from figuring it out? Three? Yeah. I mean, if we make three correct moves, absolutely. And that that's also with the assumption that the people who maybe underperformed this year have a step up. Now, is Yoan Mankata the guy that got like MVP votes and finished third in batting average? Was that what, pre-COVID? Yeah. I don't think I don't know if he is anymore. Like it's it's not it's not obvious if he is. So in my mind, they have to open up at bats for Vaughn. They gotta get a second baseman, like you said. Mm-hmm. That's been a rotating door for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. And the pitching, I mean. On paper, should have been fine, but I mean, you can never have enough pitching. Yeah, and that's so. I don't know, Giolito. Do you view Giolito as the ace next year? Heck, no, he hasn't been the ace for two years. Are you forgetting about Sir Dylan Cease on this team? Oh yeah, 
Who started? Um, who's the opening day starter this year? Sumo is Chiarito. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I kind of forgot that Dylan Cease, uh, former Cub, so it's probably why I was so confused. No, so yeah, Giolito had. I, I'm assuming he was the open day starter. It's him or Win, right? I mean, yeah. That's a, but yeah, it's the. Kopech had like his first season as a full time starter, right? That that was this year. Yeah. And I think he did. He proved he could do it in a way. Um. So yeah, he was like stretched out. So anything that came from this was was good. I think Lynn was injured to start, so he had a rough start, and then he kind of got it together. But he's also aging and not going to be the guy he is. Cueto, what fountain of youth did they find find Johnny Cueto in? (laughs) You want to know what I think it is? I think it's just that the American League has never seen him before with any type of consistency. Mm. Yeah, not that not that he didn't pitch well. He obviously pitched well, but just like yeah, I don't know if this is like or if anybody who's banking on Johnny Cueto. Next year, is that, that's like a not great, but yeah. But I, I don't know. I think like we had Vince Velasquez who started early in the year and he started pitching well and then got hurt and he was a bullpen arm for us, you know. So then there's uh my boy Reynaldo Lopez who is pitching really well and was a former starter. And it's like, is that is that a route that we want to go back down? Because I think there's going to be some holes in the lineup for next year. And Giolito yeah. is scary. Giolito is like a five ERA. I think it's like a seven ERA on the road or eight or something. He's got a 505 ERA. Yeah. And that's like, yeah, so we have Cease who has taken the step and, you know, is going to be like Cy Young contention. And we got to see if it's going to be consistent. Now he showed flashes of it last year, and this year was the first year he's consistent. And Cease's issue will always be walks, but I I don't know. So the pitching was seems, and but then the bullpen kind of lets down. We were supposed to have this great bullpen, but it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible this year, but it did. It was a little scary. I didn't have the confidence we I've had previously in with Sox bullpens of bullpens of like. You get to the seventh or eighth inning, and you know it's kind of shut down. I mean, you watched a hundred and fifty plus more White Sox games than I did. So, what do you think let them down the most this season? The offense or pitching? Uh, I think it, it. I think it was the offense. They were. Uh, they just lack consistency, and you have to assume they were lined up to win every fifth day at the very least. Yeah. Dylan Cease gave a chance to win all the time. That's it. All none of all of the starting pitchers gave them a chance for a team that's supposed well, to have. They clear the runways of Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. Um, did you hear that interview with Liam Hendricks when he was like accusing Dallas Keuchel of like spreading the rumors of yeah the clubhouse like with the terrible clubhouse people not getting along. I mean, it's either true or was a very good way to be like, oh, like rest assured, like everything's fixed now because Dallas is gone and Dallas was the one doing it. So no, this was, this was, there was a, there was the the story that came out and he was claiming it was Dallas Keuchel 
was the one spreading the rumors because he's like, I'm in this clubhouse every day and it's fine. And I, it didn't feel like a clubhouse that was like turning on each other. It, it never had that feeling this year, at least for me. It never really had that feeling. It was like something they're not, they don't have the fire lit underneath them and they're very complacent and they, they felt like they were going to walk to a uh, division win. But it never felt like they disliked each other. I don't know. Sometimes, I mean, you can feel that in a clubhouse when it's like that. Do, do you think it ever felt like they disliked their manager? I mean, that I think I dislike. Yeah, I else I guess I guess dislike it, it. It just felt like you know they weren't listening to them at times, maybe, or you know they got, yeah. or it maybe not even that because I don't think he was saying anything. I think he was just. <laughs> They had to wake him up and <laughs> be like, Tony, it's where like, are you? <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to not listen to somebody who's not talking. I just I, f- I feel like that. I don't know. Yeah. I read somewhere, um, and by somewhere I mean Twitter, where I get all my facts. I get all my news from BuzzFeed <laughs> and all my news from Twitter. <laughs> but um everybody was saying if Tony LaRusa is legitimately gone, the White Sox should give a blank check to A.J. Przinsky to be the manager of the White Sox. Which you Cubs fans would absolutely love. I mean, how do you feel about ex-players? Like, like a- after Tony La Russa, after the season they just had, do you think an ex-player with no managerial experience, do you think that's the way to go? Or, Well, we, I mean, we, that's what we did with Robin Ventura. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what we did with Ross. So there, there is something different about a catcher. Like everybody knows catchers generally make pretty good managers. Right. I do think, I think it's like a personality thing too. I think this team has like a bold kind of brash personality. So and you're I, getting Joe Madden. No, that I think that fits AJ Pruszynski in a way. Yeah. Like also like that he has like blind confidence, but is also like super self-deprecating and like, I, I think he would like I think he would very much be like an Ozzie Gian type. Like would absolutely go to bat for his players, but isn't afraid to like throw them under the bus when they need to be like woken up because he's he's an asshole and doesn't care about it. Like so he's at that side of him. And yeah. then he's also he'll take the blame. He'll always take the blame. He has no problem with like his ego is like nothing. His ego he doesn't care that he's that nobody likes him, you know, like that. So he would totally take all that pressure off. And even if that's what it was, if it was too much pressure for some of these guys, I think a manager, I think AJ Przinsky would be a great manager for that. Cause I don't think, I think he would in the media, at least put everything on himself. Kind of the way, uh, oh shoot. The, the current acting manager. Now he always takes the blame in the press conferences. I forget. What am I? Yeah, um, I mean, it was seemed pretty like divided where people were Cairo, like, Miguel you know, like, Cairo, Miguel Cairo. Yeah, like AJ could write the ship, like he'd be the one to not take anybody's shit. And then there was also that section of people that were like, you need to get away from these managers with like no experience. Like, yeah, everybody loves AJ, but that could also be the issue. They need somebody in here who's got. 10 plus years of experience to correct this thing before it completely collapses. We've had the guy who's had 10 plus years of experience though. It just so happens he was also 90 years old. 
I don't know. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the reason. I think it's, I think this team needs somebody who's going to like preach fundamentals. Like I, they need like a, a Ricky Renteria type where it's like, we're getting back to old school baseball and I have no stars and we're going to field the ball and run the bases. And it's like those kind of things that some major league players like scoff at. It's like, yeah, we need somebody who's going to like drill that in. And, yeah. but I, they're also, we need to get back to hitting home runs too. That's like a main thing. If you're going to be bad on defense, like we are, you need to hit the ball out of the ballpark to make up for the bad defense. That's what we're not, that's what we didn't do this year. Yeah. And I mean, so if there was a lack of power, um, do you think, Going into the offseason, looking at Eloy as a permanent DH, do you think that helps them or hurts them? Like, does that limit their options to now they need to find an outfielder to compensate with, like, you know, power? Because they need to find at-bats for Vaughn, which if Abreu is still there, then that's either Vaughn in the outfield or Vaughn is DH and Eloy in the outfield. Vaughn in the outfield doesn't scare me so much. He, he's obviously not a natural outfielder. You can tell that when he, but he, he's he's definitely way more serviceable than than you would ever expect a second year player to be playing a brand new position he's never played. It's like I remember them asking him like in spring training, it's like, have you ever played the outfield before at any age? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. My first time is today. It's pretty risky, but there's also Eloy, who has played the outfield (laughs) and could do better. So, yeah, so him being so, yeah, him being a full time DH, which would save what he wouldn't play, there's no chance he would play only 60 games like he did this year, whatever, something. Because he'd be in the lineup. He would just pull his hamstring only maybe only twice, you know, 10 day deal or two hamstring pulls from running to first instead of trying to catch a fly ball and tearing his shoulder out of place. Or I guess this time he did get hurt by running to first base. So maybe that's. Yeah. I mean, different. you have what's his face? Aaron Judge, free agent, outfielder, JD Martinez. Uh, DH free agent Charlie Blackman outfielder DH um, Jose Abreu uh, let's see that's pretty much all the top Jorge Soler I mean there's a boy who uh, can hit dangers and I don't know if you know this but uh, can't play in the Soler cold, actually is a World Series champion uh, with the 2016 Cubs. I don't know if you knew that or not. Was he traded that season? Or is he just on uh, the... No. I, I think it was just they weren't playing him. I thought he was hurt. He might have been hurt, too. I mean, he started the season hurt, so probably ended the season hurt, too. But don't you think it's ironic that they that Cleveland changed their team name to the Guardians when they couldn't guard a 3-1 lead over the 
Cubs, because the Cubs famously won the World Series that year. I don't know if most people know that. Yeah, I'm assuming most people don't know that. Everybody knows that. I don't think so. Uh, it literally shook the city to its core. I think you had it right the first time. Nobody no. 2015, people were like, oh, they played yesterday? I mean, was there even a parade? Or did they just put them in with the Irish parade? It was like, oh, one parade this year for the South Side. By the way, they won a World Series. Here's a banner. At Mobile Phone Park or whatever it was. The cell, baby. <laughs> you think that is also an issue? The guaranteed rate uh, field park, whatever it is. Do you think the name of the park ties into the success of the team? That's 100% the kind of junk stuff I believe in, yes. <laughs> Does the arrow point down? A lot of people yeah. say the arrow points down. It's a red arrow pointing down. Yes, that is the logo. It's rough. I kind of yeah. wish they just named it flat out mobile phone park. Yeah, like a pay-as-you-go phone park. <laughs> Cricket. <laughs> Mint mobile, and it's just the mascots, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I think all of those things are fantastic options other than guaranteed rate field. <laughs> So, I mean, like I said, they're not technically eliminated. Uh, so there is a chance that they sneak in by some grace of God. I think it would have to be a somebody's plane crashes. I think that's the, that's the <laughs> route we have to take. I don't think the... I was going to say, do they not put the whole team on the same plane? But that would be a stupid question. They probably shouldn't, but... Um, question well they don't put the president and vice president on the same plane so we're talking about baseball yeah bigger than politics <laughs> oh yeah my bad i couldn't name five senators right now i can name five white Sox players and i don't even watch them <laughs> okay name five oakland athletics Ooh. um let's see christian pache is that a person um, I think he was traded from the Braves. Um, who else is on Oakland? I can name everybody that was traded from Oakland. <laughs> I was going to say, you've got a person that was traded too. That's how you know. Um, I bet you I probably know more Oakland A's than Oakland A's fans do. <laughs> and that's just the one that I named. I don't know. I went to an A's game the other day. They were playing the White Sox. And... Um, there's more people there than I thought. I'm trying to think who who their first base was, who their second base was. Usually I can do – oh, Sean Murphy, the catcher. Should know that. He's on my Diamond Dynasty team and MLB The Show. Yes, Sean Murphy. Um, With the – There's a guy that they really like. I have to look this up now. That Oakland really likes? Yeah, the, the, fan, the fans really like. Oh. Oakland – I'm trying to think. I thought like Chapman was there, Matt Chapman, but he's not. No, he's not. I thought he was. Oh, I thought he was on the Blue Jays. Maybe I'm thinking the wrong way. Oh, Tony Kemp, your boy Tony Kemp. Oh, yeah. There. That speedster. Um, 
who else is on Oakland? Second baseman for the Oakland Athletics. Who's on this damn roster? Um, Cole Irvin. I guess I could have maybe pulled that one out. That would have been a stretch. Um, Tony Kemp. Like... Pache. I was right on that one. Yeah, these are nobodies. Langoliers. That's who they like. Langoliers. They <laughs> Langoliers. They go crazy for. Um. Yeah, I couldn't name. I thought I knew more, but these are a lot of names I've never heard of. AJ Puck, the closer. Yeah. Who blew it to the whites? Blew, blew a. Forget what it was. A three, three run lead in the ninth. Uh yeah. Game I went to, it was great. It was absolutely great. <laughs> yeah, I thought I knew more like, baseball players just because I play MLB the show like eight hours a day. But Oakland, for some reason, that pff, I didn't know anybody. And Sean Murphy's my starting catcher. <laughs> you play with uh, National League teams. Um, well, most of my team, I think it's from like the NL East. That's just by accident. But I got Hank Aaron on my team, Jackie Robinson. Um, okay, I, I will say something. People don't want to hear about our fantasy sports. They really don't want to hear about. I'm your... just naming legends, okay? <laughs> they really don't want to hear about you. Uh, we were previously talking about fantasy football, which made me think of a question that I wrote down. In fantasy football, or I guess fantasy sports in general, but – football in this example would you rather be leading going into monday night football or trailing with a player left going into monday night football so you're leading going into monday night football you have no more players or you're trailing going into monday night football but you have one player left and let's say it's one of like the main players like not a kicker yeah, it's like it's, o- it's obviously yeah, it's obviously reachable it's reachable with a skill position player yes i would say the whole the like the whole thing of fantasy sports is like you have a rooting interest in something you don't have a rooting interest in right so i think absolutely so are you rooting to score or rooting for somebody else not to score right i want i want to root for the scoring i don't ever want to root for not no scoring Okay. I, I think I'd want to be like, yeah, like down nine with one player left in a Monday night game. Yeah. But I also suck at fantasy football, so that that probably is part of it. I lost by the first week Monday night football. Nobody wants to hear one. about this. Today. We have such few listeners. Let's not hit them by talking about I'm just saying I lost football. by point one. I needed one more catch. And that was... Oh, no. Awful. Oh, my God. We're so sorry for you. Oh, you're not. By the way, listeners, I will own that badge of honor. So you'd rather be losing going into Monday Night Football. Yeah. Let's say first play, your player goes down. Now you got nothing. Yeah, and then I'm 0-4. It's no different than last <laughs> I guess. I mean, whatever. So it sounds like the White Sox completely went wrong. 
you and fantasy sports went wrong. Do you think there's just this negative energy that's just around you and your sports fandoms? I've thought of a lot about this because Do yes. you park the bus on an Indian burial ground. No, it's, it was an old orchard. No, oh my God, there's lots of dead fruit underneath. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wasn't expecting you to say would... orchard. That's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> Closer I than would... it should have been. <laughs> I would say I'm definitely the reason that my teams lose. It has to be me. There's no other, there's no other common denominator. It's a fair, fair assessment. Do you know what the common denominator is, actually, though? Jerry Reinsdorf. <laughs> I mean, that's, what, two out of four? <laughs> you you're, you only have to root for J- one of Jerry Reinsdorf's team. Can you imagine having to root for two of them? Yeah, that's rough. It's I was going to not... lead into this podcast and say, what terrible thing would you like to talk about first? Lonzo Ball potentially missing the whole season. Uh, the Bears not doing... Their Bears winning, so not too bad, but not winning probably the way they should be, which sounds stupid, but the, isn't that the whole premise of being a Bears fan? Is even when you win, it's like, yeah, but they didn't win the right way. So it's either Alonzo missing the whole season, the Bears winning, but not winning good enough, White Sox sucking, and the Chicago Wolves being Calder Cup champions. I mean, I mean we can also talk about had. the sky. The sky has lost recently, too. That's true. And why the Cubs are astronomically set up for 2023 to be better. But yeah, let's let's dive into this a little bit more as long as we got on the on the subject. You honestly think that the 2023 Cubs, as they currently sit, will be better than the 2023 White Sox. And I'm willing to make a wager on this. As they currently sit, like your team, no moves, my team, no moves. So this is your because I know you as a Cubs fan are relying like oh we'll get a big name in the offseason. we will get. But I mean, like, are we doing in house moves or? Because that's drastically different. You, the team set up right now, no. The next you think Ed five Howard is going to make that yeah. much of a difference. No, Ed Howard's way down the uh, the pipeline now. He isn't even their top five like best shortstop. Saying if they if they don't add anybody in free agency and they just move within the system, yes, I believe so. I just can't. I can't see it. I can't see it. Um, I do think that they play a bre- a better brand of baseball than the White Sox do right now. But I think you're you're clouded. <laughs> In your remembering, oh, it's like, oh, these five guys come up and all five hit and we win a World Series. And that's what you remember. The reality of it is Even those two hit. come up. That's still a lot. That's not how baseball works. It's how it worked for a little bit for you guys because you had Schwarber who hit, Bryant who hit, Baez who hit. You had all these guys come up right in a row. Addison Russell hit. And they just had great first four or five years of their career. That's just unrealistic. These guys come up and they fail. That's what happens. So I think I mean, you yes, had the five. Also, no. <laughs> I 
I just uh, I, Matt I, Mervis has 37 home runs for for Iowa. So whatever, Matt, you don't know anything. Yeah, I really don't look at and the, the Iowa. Cubs fleece the shit out of the Mets to get Pete Crow Armstrong. I think if they just make three in-house moves, they're better than they were this year. Well, yeah, that make that part I can agree with. And I know we're talking a Cub Sox thing here, so you're banking on the Sox doing even worse than they did this year, and I'm banking on the Cubs only improving marginally. And that wouldn't those two things have both have to happen. But I I just don't I don't picture the White Sox having another year like this. I think this will leave a sour taste in their mouth, and hopefully we change our training staff for another year so we can get these guys who can't stay healthy to stay on the field. <laughs> Yeah. I I think I think this. This is what I would say about just the Cubs versus Sox in this sense. I think more has to go right for the Cubs to have to have a good season next year than like more has to go wrong for the White Sox, if that makes sense. So there's less the margin of error for the White Sox being worse versus the Cubs being better. Am I, are you following, am I saying this? Yeah. Am I saying this coherently? It yeah. feels like my brain, it makes perfect sense. But my words... No, it makes sense. The Cubs have to do more to, like, compete with the White Sox. And the White Sox have to have everything go wrong yeah. in order to compete with us. <laughs> I think so. And, and we're not even... Yeah, so I... Because I think, like, the I think this is pretty close to the White Sox floor, how we played this year with all the talent we have and like a terrible defensive team and a team that's like, has like five guys who don't have really a position that they play. What were the expectations for the 2006 White Sox? 2006? Like they just won, yeah. Like they just won the world series. Like did they dump salary, dump players? Like were they supposed to be, like, no, that was just like the white oh five the oh five White Sox were lightning in a bottle. That was like a bunch of free agents that came together and it was lightning in a bottle. And then oh six, it was planned on that lightning that was still captured, like yeah. keeping on it. And the fact that the White Sox had a pretty decent season in 06. I don't I think they ended up missing the playoffs. I mean, from what you remember, were they supposed to be like a competitive team or did they like win one and then they had to just like scrap salary? Oh, yeah, no, no, I, I definitely think they were, they were, they were definitely supposed to be, they were definitely supposed to be a good team. Yeah. I think they were back in the playoffs in either seven or eight. I know that was the same year we were in the playoffs. So I mean, there might have been like a two two year gap, three year gap before they made it back. I thought a two year gap before that. Yeah, well, the White Sox have never made it in back to back playoffs and back to back seasons until last year when they added a team to the playoffs, and the year before that was a COVID thing. So yeah, that's how that goes. Does having the White Sox be bad? Did that make you not watch baseball? In general, 
No, I've I've always watched. I I the the White Sox being bad is I don't know. I guess being a Chicago sports fan, it's just like mediocre. We love mediocrity because we have so much losing. Yeah, it's they. There was a long stretch there where we were just like semi-competitive. Mired in mediocrity. That was the Rick Hahn quote. We we're mired in mediocrity. And that's what it was for years. I mean, we had like Chris Sale and this great pitching staff that carried us for, you know, 70 wins, if that, around there, right? Always. Would have been 71 had you not handed Chris Sale a whole jersey. But it is what it is. Yeah, 06 White Sox had 90 wins. And made the playoffs? Missed? Finished third in the AL Central. And they were 90 and 72? Yeah. It's been a strong Central that year. <laughs> yeah. I was just kind of thinking that. Yeah, so I, I remember it being like they had a, an underwhelming year, but it still was pretty good. I, I asked about the White Sox being bad, and uh, like, does that make you or deter you from watching – baseball because there was two things that like were projected for this year maybe not realistically in the beginning that have happened pull all hits 700 and then i could tell you that we just at time of recording pull holes just tied <laughs> roger maris so pull holes just tied roger or, maris or judge tied i was gonna say <laughs> way to go albert what a game <laughs> He, he just took uh, bullpen practice for the last eight hours. And they counted 40 home runs to get to 60. Yeah. But I mean, like, for me, like, seeing Pujols hit 700, I was like, oh, like, that's nice. I hope I never see this man again. <laughs> and then Judge, like, going for the record, I was like, oh, like, that's pretty cool. But it really didn't, like, like, as a baseball fan, I was like, oh, that's exciting. But, like, from a Cub fan standpoint, I was like, all right, well, this is an American League, like, player. So I'm not really watching it that much. I don't see him that often. I have no interest in the Aaron Judge home run record. Right. And they put him, like, season is, like, sixth on the all-time home run season home run list. Like, um, yeah, this is what? I don't think it's that high. or 62? Yeah, he's got to be fifth maybe yeah like it's what I mean, are we same you know, did like three times, so. <laughs> yeah i get it's like a non-steroid user but do we know that uh first of all he used steroids Sammy's never admitted his... it. <laughs> your accusations are unwarranted <laughs> never a positive test never lost <laughs> <laughs> I only ask you all these questions because I worked very hard on a home run trivia (laughs) and I just needed a decent segue. (laughs) All right. Decent segue allowed. So I compiled, as usual, 10 questions for trivia, but each question is about the top 10 home run leaders. So one question per guy, 10 questions. Okay. Is uh, how many how many out of this top 10? How many have I like have never heard of? Is there somebody on there I've never heard of? 
Um, there might be one, one that you've never heard of. Okay. Maybe, but that's, All right. that's the 10th guy. I, I had a question written for Mark McGuire. He was 11th. <laughs> okay. Which makes me feel good because I hate Mark McGuire. <laughs> the Cub Clipper. <laughs> I was rooting for Sammy in that, in that home run race. Uh, when Sammy and McGuire saved baseball in 1994, I recall. Yeah, Sammy will always be a White Sox for me. Baltimore Oreo. <laughs> You and I both know we'll split the difference. <laughs> That's Camden Yards. Yeah. Point <laughs> Frank Thomas was a Blue Jay. Sammy Sosa was a Baltimore Oriole. Everybody knows that. So I'm going to go 10 to 1. So question. Well, Griff, Griff, Griffey was also a White Sox. So. Uh, That's a Cincinnati Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> question 10. Frank Robinson had 586 home runs. Hall of Famer Frank Robinson managed and played for what team named after Maryland's state bird? Speaking of the Devils, <laughs> the Orioles? Baltimore Orioles. You gave me way too much information. If you wanted me to look stupid, you should have stopped it out. What team did Frank Robinson play for? Would not have gotten that. I know. That's why I'm not trying to have you trip over coffee table after coffee table. <laughs> There's going to be some that I tried to stump you. Okay, Maybe like this one. That's fair. Slamming Sammy Sosa, 609 home runs. Slamming Sammy Sosa retired 15 years to the day. September 28th, Hillary Duff's birthday. But before he did, in 2007, he hit his 600th home run for what team? This was 2007. And it wasn't the Cubs. <laughs> I'm assuming it wasn't the Cubs. 2007. You right. just said Sammy Sosa was a Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore Oriole. But would I really have the Oriole as the answer two questions in a row? <laughs> I know that is you have me in a pretzel here. I'm trying <laughs> to the team that Sammy played for after the Cubs. It was obscure to, to me. It was Cubs, Orioles, and then this team. So. Okay, Oops. I'm gonna want to waste a lot of time because it's not good listening. But I'm thinking like like the A's. What is it? It was a garbage team. <laughs> yeah, that? obviously. Was it like a Kansas City Royals? But no, 07, They were. Oh, they weren't good. Okay, I'm just going to say the... So he finished with 609, but he had a 600. What team? The Colorado Rockies. He finished his career and hit his 600th home run with the Texas Rangers. Oh, I kind of vaguely remember that. What did you say? You know, I was like, what did you say? And I can picture him in the colors. Yeah. I've remember that well i didn't I, I thought the answer to this one was going to be orioles when i was like writing it out and i looked it up and i was like oh texas weren't the rangers good in 07 um no, i think it was 2008 from what i recall they might have been a playoff team in seven 
but he made his like last appearance in like August, I think. I'm trying to think what was the year? No, I think it was like 2011 that they made the World Series. I think you Darvish was on that team, so it couldn't have been 2007. Yeah, maybe I'm yeah, maybe I'm early on that. I think the Phillies were 2008. Maybe Phillies. they played the Rangers. Oh yeah, it was like it was like Phillies Yankees for a while, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm one click away here from the 06, 07, the 07 Rangers, 75 and 87, fourth in the AL West. Forget there I said anything. There you go. Sammy didn't help him pass August. Sammy hit 21 home runs that year. That he did. 92 RBIs. Way to go, Sam. No cork. Allegedly. Uh, question eight. Your boy, Jim Tommy. <laughs> 612 home runs. Former White Sox player Jim Tommy played for six teams in his career, but none closer than the bad guys on the South Side. Tommy grew up a mere two and a half hours from Chicago in what Illinois city? Peoria. Peoria. And that two and a half is subjective, depending on where in Chicago and where in Peoria. <laughs> but it was like two hours and 37 minutes, Peoria to Chicago. But again, I don't know. Let it slide. Uh, if anybody has a problem with that uh, calculation, go ahead and tweet at <laughs> Landog. For all of your geographical updates. <laughs> uh, question seven. Ken Griffey Jr., 6.30. The kid Ken Griffey Jr. got to live out what I can only assume is every child's dream when on September 14th, 1990, he did what or this with his father. Back to back. Back to back home runs for the Seattle Supersonic Mariners. Question six. Willie Mays. 660. The Say Hey Kid hit a whopping 660 home runs in his 25 year career. But it was what he did off the diamond that was truly remarkable. So remarkable, in fact, that in 2015, he received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from what president? <laughs> this is not fair. Okay, nineteen the year, nineteen fifties <laughs> president. Wait, when? Who is what no. year? Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Yeah, he had a twenty-five year career. In twenty fifteen, he received the Presidential Medal of Freedom oh from the president. <laughs> Let's go with Obama. Barack Hussein Obama. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I, I for whatever reason I didn't hear the year, and I was like, "That is not fair." Very good. I, I had to go. <laughs> Question five: Alex Rodriguez, six hundred and ninety-six podcast villain and all-around meh human being, Alex A. Rod Rodriguez lost the entire 2014 season 
to a suspension for using steroids. In 2021, he lost what Puerto Rican queen? Um, that would be Jennifer Lopez. Jenny from the block, Jennifer Lopez, Batman's wife. Correct. Are they married yet? I think they were like married in one of those like private ceremonies a couple months ago. Good for them. And bad for A-Rod, which good for us. Podcast villain. Question four. Albert Pujols, 700 at the time of recording. <laughs> the machine Albert Pujols cannot be stopped even at 42. A mere few weeks ago, Prince Albert became the blank number player to hit 700 home runs. What number is Prince Albert in the 700 club? What number is your how many? Okay, because he would be. And I already gave you the answer. You did? I did. <laughs> um, all right. So Babe Ruth hit seven, Barry Bonds hit seven. Hank Aaron hit seven. Perhaps. Dead space. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's four. I'm gonna say it's four. 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 Yeah. I said question four. Albert Pulse. <laughs> it's going backwards. I'm counting down to one. I said four. Oh my god, I did not realize you were doing this. <laughs> right now. Boom. Roasted. Question okay, three. Four. Babe Ruth, 714. Babe Ruth hit 714 home runs, probably all with a leaf of cabbage under his cap, but he still found time to sign Smalls' stepfather Bill's baseball in what 1993 classic? The Sandlot 2. <laughs> the Sandlot. <laughs> the Sandlot. Baby Ruth. He was the one with a leaf of cabbage under his hat, right? I don't know if I know that story. Guess you had to be there. Question two. Hank Aaron, 755. Henry Aaron was a 25-time All-Star and a career 305 hitter, so it's a shame he only won one World Series in 1957 with what team? You can give me the current name. I mean, the name is the same, but the city is different. World Atlanta. Series, 1957. Is the Braves? It is the Atlanta Braves, formerly known as the Milwaukee Braves. Mm. Correct. They were Milwaukee. Yeah, Braves. And it was Braves. Yeah. Question one. Last question. Barry Bonds, 762. Number one on the list and maybe even in your hearts. Barry Bonds holds many MLB records, including most career home runs, most home runs in a single season, and most career walks. What year did he hit the most home runs in a season, and how many did he hit? What year? I have no idea the year. 72 was the number, right? Uh, not confirming or denying. 
Okay, let's say it was most home runs in a single season. I'm going to say 72 home runs in 2003. 72 in 03? How or how about 73 2001? Yeah, that was right around there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you said 72, I was like, ooh, did I type this wrong? <laughs> but it's 73. 73 in 2001. Most of them hit McCovey Cove. Is that what's behind uh, the San Francisco? Yeah. The, yeah, that's McCovey Cove, right? Named after Willie so. McCovey? Sounds right. I'll allow. It's my podcast. <laughs> what you didn't know, though, is Barry Bonds also hit 72 home runs in the year 2003. <laughs> I mean, if he did, I will count it. I'll have our fact checker look that up, and our fact checker is me. <laughs> Won't do it now, but. Oh, I'm already doing it. No. Oh. What'd you say? You said 72. Bonds 03? In 2003 hit 45 home runs. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> A mere almost 30 away. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you got. One, you... two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven, correct. I worked very hard on the questions, and I told my wife that these questions are going to be good. And she said, these are all stupid, which tells me they were good. <laughs> we just recently watched The Sandlot, and I gave her The Sandlot question. She's like, how the hell would I know that one? Wait, I only had seven? Yeah. What did I miss? Frank Robinson, you got right. Jim Tomey. Ken Griffey Jr. Willie Mays. A-Rod. Um, did you get the pull host one right, or did I hand that one to you? No, I got it right. Okay, then that's then you got eight. Because pull host, and then Babe Ruth, and then Hank Aaron. So eight. What's so I missed Barry Bonds and what was the first? What was the other one I missed? Barry Bonds and um, Sammy Sosa. Sosa, yeah. Slam and Sammy. It's going to be great. Yeah, I think you've consistently gotten at least eight or more. I thought yeah, about like listening to the prior ones to see where like everybody's total actually is, but yeah, I'm sure the first couple were unbearable. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the last couple will be the same way. So it's got to be that happy medium. <laughs> it's got to be two good episodes. Anybody who, anybody who uh, listened to the two and a half hour Disney one, <laughs> 64, uh, 64, or it was a 32 or 64 Disney song bracket. Uh, it was 32. <laughs> if it was 64. We might still be doing it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <clears throat> that's all we got for episode. 26. Number 26 on the home run list is Gary Sheffield. You didn't need or want to know that, but I told you anyways. <laughs> know what else I've told you to do? Follow our official Instagram at Trivial Arguments and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's where you can leave us a review like this one from Danny, redacted nickname McDermott. He says, wait, I thought we were recording tomorrow. Why is this another goddamn mad episode? Thank you, Matt, for the kind or Danny for the kind words. 
Matt, is there anything the um, Sox can do this last few games of the season to make you feel better about this absolute piss-poor effort they put forward in 22? Briefly, of course. Just looking for all the time we... 2023 <laughs> Super Bowl-bound Chicago Bears. That's all I got for you, folks. Bears make the Super Bowl. I will eat my hat. 2023 <laughs> bound Chicago Bears. That's all. Atrocious. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Please do it again. <laughs> and give us money or not. There's that exit music. Bye. Just end the podcast. <laughs>